Genesis House, FirstNet, built with AT&T, and the Friends in Recovery podcast are proud to bring you Answering the Call, the First Responders podcast. Join your hosts, Podfather, Jersey Ed, and Noontime with Skylar Noon, as they address the real issues of first responders' health and wellness, from physical and mental health to relationships and work-life balance. Answering the Call, the First Responders podcast, is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube, as well as iHeartRadio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, here are your friends in recovery answering the call. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Answering the Call, the First Responders podcast, sponsored by FirstNet, built by AT&T. I am the podfather, Mike Miles. Jersey Ed, guys. And it's noontime with Sky. That smile. ATC guys, we're, I'm here live with the podcast. That's right, Ed and I are live. We're here up in Studio C, and That's we have right. a special guest today. We'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Sheehan. Look at that smile. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you want to tell everybody how they can get a hold of us, um, friends? Eight. Uh, uh, ATC answering the call. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com. Send us an email if you'd like to be a guest, just as uh, Matt is today. Um, or if you have any any questions or anything if, or anything for the Podfather, help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com. Or you can even call us at 617-379-1163. That is not a helpline. That's just the line for the podcast. Right. So please don't call that if, if, you're, if you're looking for help. So at 617-379-1163. Correct. And we'll give out a helpline later. Absolutely. We will. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Scott has a little bit about our Facebook page. Yeah. So uh, Genesis House has a uh, Facebook page and attached to that page is a private group and it's called the Friends in Recovery uh, Community Support. We have a Friends in Recovery podcast page and a Answering the Call uh, First Responders podcast page as well. So co- definitely come join in with us and, uh, you know, we, we, we always stay engaged with each other. So it's a good community. Absolutely. Great community. Yep. So you have a guest for us, Podfather. We do. Podfather's been getting guests, man. I, I think That's you guys are kind of pushing. Look, you're pushing me out. Look, hey, here you go. With these guys. Not easy. Not easy. <laughs> We're trying. You have, you have a good guest. We got to chat a little with him before, and it's like he's a brother already. So yeah, yeah. Matt and I go way back. Matthew and I uh, actually served on a school committee together several years ago. Um, and um, two terms for me. I think you had four terms. Was it four? Uh, no, we did. I did three. I had three. Seemed like, seemed, but Matt and I would have these, you know, he was a young, young guy when he first came on the school committee. He's a young guy now. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, thank you. Well, thank you, Paul, <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very nice of you. But, but we hit it off pretty, pretty good. And we, we hired about three or four superintendents. It was a, um, it was a very tumultuous, difficult time. This was when they uh, started the food program in schools and we were throwing away about $800 worth of food a day mm-hmm. and everybody thought that was great, you know, but that's what we did and we figured it out and we had a, we had a pretty good time there. Matt's also on the uh, Drake, excuse me. He's also on the housing committee out in Drake in Massachusetts. Kids does more for community service than anyone I know. Mm. And he's well-liked in the town. He's elected. He's got the name. He's also a dispatcher for the uh, Lowell police department. And that's where this comes in. Answering the call. <laughs> that's right. Yep. He's answering the call for us. Um, yep. Literally. Lowell's a pretty big city. It's a very multicultural city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's, it's the second largest Southeast Asian community in the country. Uh-huh. You know, um, wonderful people. Uh, it, it's, it, there's problems in every city, but Lowell's a very, very bu- busy city. Um, and it can be busy. 
So Matt, tell us about your job as a dispatcher. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, does- like Mike, like like you just said, you know, the city of Lowell is the fourth largest city in the state of Massachusetts. Um, us alone in Lowell, we answer about a hundred over a hundred thousand calls every year. God. Whether that be, you know, a combination of nine one one calls or business what they consider business line calls uh, that come into the building. Um, you know, there's a hundred plus thousand residents in the city. And like you said, Mike, the city is, uh, very, uh, multicultural, which, uh, you know, has its ups and it's, you know, it's goods and it's bads. Um, Absolutely. you were just saying, you know, I've been with the police department for about 10 years now. Uh, I actually started down an intake, you know, booking prisoners. Then I made my way up to, uh, what we consider the radio room, you know, your 911 center. And, you know, for the last, I think, probably four or five years now, I've been on the day shift as the lead dispatcher. That's a busy position. It is. Yeah. I bet. You know, you had said, um, uh, as far as working on that shift, all 100,000 calls a year, that, that's crazy. And here's the thing, you can't make many mistakes. I mean, you know, if you if you stand up 100,000 times, you might even fall over a couple of times or trip forwards or backwards. But as a dispatcher, especially nowadays, mm. everything's recorded. You mm-hmm. cannot make a mistake. Is that correct, Matthew? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, just to your point right there, everything's recorded. Everything's recorded. Right. All of our phone calls are recorded. Your keystrokes are recorded in the computer. Things oh, that you put yeah. into the computer, all right. that stuff's recorded. Um, you know, it's kind of like, so this whole podcast, you know, for the first responder, like a 911 dispatcher is the first first responder. Yes. Like they're the first mm. person on scene to get the details give those details to, you know, whoever, police, fire, EMS, um, you know, because Mike, you, you know, as a retired police officer, you depend on what, you know, the guys and girls in the radio room tell you as to what you're pulling into. Back in the 70s, when I got out of the army, I was a dispatcher. I was hired on a government um, grant. It was several of us hired. We all became cops. You know, we all were interested in law enforcement. Most of us were veterans. But um, back then it was different. There was the old pull switchboard. It was two guys, you know, <laughs> telling the public basically, you know, if we had time to listen, we'd listen. But, you know, we, we, we weren't that professional is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I walk into the uh, communications module at the police department, which is high tech and just a wonderful place with so many bodies, I wonder, you know, like I'm like, communications come so far. You get trained, Matt. You do a lot of trainings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, in the state of Massachusetts, you have to go um, what they consider like a 911 Academy. And that's five weeks long. And then we do even more training in-house. And that's part of my gig, you know, at the police department is that I, you know, anybody that wants to come into the 911 Communications Center, be a dispatcher, you know, they sit with me for, I want to say probably months, two to three months before they even answer a phone call. Right. Wow. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So, so you guys are like the, and I like how you put it, you're the first responder of first responders, basically. So the information that comes in from me as a civilian, say I had an emergency or whatever, you have to hear all that. You have to process all that. You have to understand it and you have to, it could be something, some, a a really bad emergency, really bad acts. And you have to calm those people down. You have to figure out how to get all information from them and then give it to somebody like Mike. And that has to take a lot of toll on you also hearing all that. I mean, just understanding all that. And maybe the guys in the field don't understand. I don't know. I mean, get, you know, you guys, maybe the guys in the field don't understand that and, and how, 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 how a, a trauma trigger that could be or how trauma causing it could be. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, what we see a lot now is 
like I call them the younger kids, like the younger generation that are just getting out of the academy and things like that. Like a lot of these guys and girls started off as in communications, like 911 dispatchers. So they know what it's like, uh, you know, to answer that call, to really get information to the guys and the girls on the street. Um, so that really, I think personally, I think that really helps police officers. So just to get an understanding of, you know, what they go through in the communication center and how it gets on the street. Mm-hmm. And, and I really think in my career anyways, you know, from 75 until 2015 as a civilian and as a policeman, you know, I've seen a lot of changes. And what's most important to me is that dispatches, communications people are finally being recognized as somebody that has the same post-traumatic stress, the same anxiety, the same depression, the same addiction, everything that a cop has, you know, uh, experiences as far as, excuse me, as far as having, um, you know, a malady or some type of stress after being on the job several years. I don't think anyone back in the day were thinking that this might affect the dispatches. The mm, first, yes. the first responders of the first responders, you know? Right. So I think now that we, we understand that this can be a, it's a very strenuous, very stressful job. Have you ever delivered any children, Matt, over the phone? Have you ever? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, I have. You know, when you when you hear the person, you know that you'll hear. Usually, it's a guy on the other end of the line going. I can see the head, and you're like, "Oh boy, here we go." <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, oh, you're like, here we go. Too late for the breathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, listen, buddy, get shoes, get some shoelaces and a new pair of shoes because you're gonna need them. Like, it's gonna get messy. All right. Oh yeah. Get your feet wet. So, you know, what I was thinking is Ed was saying, you know, like this, this is the stuff you have to hear. And for me, like my auditory processing is terrible. So like for me, like to hear all that in someone's ter- terror voice, that's a lot too. that right there alone is stress. And then if I didn't hear am I beating myself up because I didn't catch what they said before the call disconnected. So it is a lot of stress, I think, on you guys. And like I said, what you like taking it in processing right, and right. then where am I rooting the call to, right. you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, you only have, you know, a couple of minutes to, you know, assess actually what's going on. Like, what is that yeah. going in for? And then to what, you know, you and I might not be an emergency is an emergency to that person on the other end of the yes. phone. Just everybody deals with everything, you know, crises differently. And mm-hmm. like I said, you know, somebody, I don't know, you know, if a dog got hit by a car or something like that, to you and I, it might not be a big thing. But that person in that moment in time is just you know, life altering emergency for them. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, trauma can come in any form man. We, absolutely. Perception. How, do you, how do you take care of yourself? How do you deal with that? How do you, um, how do you debrief yourself? I mean, you have to probably debrief yourself every day. I'm guessing. I mean, after hearing all that stuff, I mean, cause I, you can't get callous to it because you have to be a human being also to that human being that's in, in distress. You can't be, you have to be stern, I'm guessing, but you also have to have empathy and sympathy for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, I think, like I said, part part of my um, position that, you know, I like, uh, I do the training for the new dispatch and things like that. And, and one of the biggest things is, is uh, compassion. Like, I, I would hope that everybody would talk to whoever else is on the other end of the line, like they would talk to their grandmother, or their grandfather. I think that's a big thing. Like empathy is a big, big thing. Because like I said, to my point before, the smallest thing to like to us is huge to somebody on the other end of the line. Yeah. You know, and like you, to your point, it's just a phone call and then you go on to the next one and then the next one and the next one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, just a simple walk, like five or 10 minutes or something yeah. like that, you know, just whatever. 
talking to your neighbors, just looking around. Like before we uh, started this, like my dog Baxter, I'm telling you, coming home to see that tail wagon, it's just everything goes away. And all the dog's awesome. Like the dog is absolutely, I mean, he hates me right now because we're going through obedience school. <laughs> other than that, but you you know, do it. coming home and, you know, just kicking those shoes off. And I think one of the biggest things, and like I like to tell everybody, whatever happens during the day stays at the threshold of the door before you go into the parking lot. Yeah. You know, it stays there. I know Matt pretty well and I've known him pretty well, you know, since we met on the school committee and, um, he ended up coming to work at the police department before I was re retired. He was still there. And, um, you know, it's just, um, he walks the walk. So what he's taught, he's a very nice person. He's a very giving. Um, he's, I mean, just think holding two positions in a town, 30,000 people, I believe. Um, and just always putting your name out there because if things are good, you're, you're up here. If things are bad, you know, they, mm. they, they equate it with your name, mm. but, um, great to his folks, his, his family, just a, just a great guy, you know. And I really believe that, excuse me, perfect for a job like that because not high strung, not eager to, you know, a lot of guys, people get this job and they, they want to move on faster. They're not really paying attention and they might make a mistake or two, you know. Mm -hmm. And I must say, Matt's never made a mistake, but mm -hmm. I guarantee it's been very few, yeah. very few. Matt, Matt, the other thing, too, is I never I mean, the popcorn I've been doing the show, I've been working with first responders for years now. And, and along with Mike, I've known Mike for over 10 years now. And we've helped a lot of cops and a lot of uh, firefighters and a lot of EMT people. Um, and I was at a conference in Boise, actually Snake River Canyon, Idaho. OK, <laughs> and you can see the Snake River Canyon out of this at this conference center of um, it was called the First Responders Conference. And. Mm -hmm. I got an eye opener at that conference for about dispatchers. They said the one woman said, "You gotta watch this dispatch. You gotta." I'm like a dispatcher. Right? They answer a fucking phone. Uh, right. They answer a phone call. So I, we have to be careful of our cursing on this on here. But um, <laughs> I, I curse all the time. But That's um, so I'm like, all right, well, I'll listen to it. It was two women up there. I'm like, oh my god, two women. I by the end of what they shared, I was crying. I, I couldn't believe they played a call. They played a call of. Um, some, I think the husband going shooting his wife, like the wife is in the bathroom. Uh, that was unbelievable. What I heard, I was shaken up. Uh, now that was a recorded call five years before that. And I'm sitting at a conference, listen to it. I was shaken up. Now that is that stuff that you have to deal with. I'm sure. I mean, if you, you know, a hundred thousand phone calls a, a year. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we, like I said, we deal with it every day and, you know, some are good, some are bad and some are absolutely horrible. I mean, you know, mm. not to go into detail, but there, I've taken, you know, probably a half a dozen calls that will just stick with you for the rest of your life. Like I close my eyes, tell you what time it was, uh, who was sitting in the room with me, what everybody was actually doing. But what I ate yesterday, I have no idea, but something like that, you know, and there's probably like a half a dozen and there are, like I said, there's about, I think there's 26 of us that work for the city of Lowell, 26 uh, dispatchers. And again, if you asked all 26, they would have that call. Like mm -hmm. that's what they call it. Like it's that call. Yeah. Like, and it just sticks with you. And th what people all don't realize too, is sometimes you have to relive that whole thing when you have to go to court. Oh, because when things go to trial, not only do they call the police officer in, but they'll call the 911 operator because they're the first person of contact. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if Matt Sheehan calls 911 and he does something extremely horrible, 
you know, and then Matt Sheehan's on the stand. Who was Matt Sheehan? Well, I spoke to him. Was that, is this his voice? Is this your voice? You have to relive the entire thing. And like what Mike said earlier is finally, you know, states are starting to classify 911 communications as first responders. They're getting into the police and fire retirement system, just like the sworn mm-hmm. officers and the, and the yeah, fire officers are. But I mean, slowly but surely, I mean, Massachusetts, they're just lagging behind. Hopefully they pick up the pace and, uh, you know, we can get somewhere in this state. But I mean, there was some talk about two years ago on the federal level of just doing it, you know, all uh, throughout the entire country, but that fell by the wayside. But I mean, hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years, um, you know, they're on the same playing field with everybody else. And, uh, you know, in um, police and fire. Yeah. Well, you know, I've done both jobs, and I and I and that's the other thing too. Years ago, the fire department had their own dispatch, you know, and then yeah. they they conjoined as a result of budget cuts or whatever, you know. And I think it's great to know what's going on because, you know, such we just had a fire in Lowell yesterday. Um, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, we how many people died? One or two. One, we've had two, we've had two bad fires in, in, in the same week in the city. And I mean, I just went by one of them on, on Westford Street on the way into my office. And, uh, you know, those third floor apartments, those multi dwellings, where yeah. those fires are going, I've been there. And usually the cops are the first ones there because you're out on patrol. You know, you're not in a fire station. So you can get there a lot quicker. And when you get there, you need to know what you're doing. You mm-hmm. can't just jump around and say, oh, what do I do? you got to act right away. Someone's in the canal. you got to act. You have to do things. Right. But it's the same thing with communications. When people call, they're not like, hello, you know, how, how are you? <laughs> yes, well, you know, I need the police. Yeah, no, it's traumatic. Yeah. They're speaking different languages. You don't mm. know. So it is a very stressful job. Yeah. Hey, Matt, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Um, this is the Podfather answering the call. First Responders Podcast. You're first. First to respond. First to put others' lives before your own. And in an emergency, you need a network that puts you first, that connects you to technology, to each other, and to other agencies. Build with and for first responders. FirstNet, the only congressionally authorized wireless network for first responders. Because putting you first is our job. Since 1992, Genesis House has been helping real people heal from addiction on their private recovery campus in beautiful Palm Beach County, Florida. Their family-owned program is accredited by the Joint Commission and offers detox and dual diagnosis treatment in a comfortable and confidential setting. At Genesis House, they focus on treating the underlying causes of addiction. Their comprehensive approach includes psychiatric care, individual and small group therapy, trauma healing techniques, and holistic care including yoga, massage, and animal-assisted therapy. After treatment, their clients enjoy the lifelong support of a nationwide network of Genesis House alumni. Call Genesis House today at 1-800-737-0933 to speak with someone who understands. Visit them on the web at www.genesishouse.net. It's time to start your journey to a long and successful recovery. Hey everybody, welcome back. Answering the call, the First Responders Podcast. I am uh, the Podfather. Oh, excuse me. The First Responders Podcast, sponsored by FirstNet, built by AT&T. There you go, Podfather. And I am the Podfather, yes, and you are. are Jersey Ed, and we have... New Time with Sky. Noon time with Sky. You know that that we're talking communications here, Podfather. Yeah, she's like a dispatcher. She's like a dispatcher. Sure. But I wanted to bring up the um the first net built by AT and T yes. real quick. That is an amazing 
amazing system that they have. I, I know we always talk about this, right. but here's here's a dispatcher. Here's somebody who's in communications with us here on the show, and right. we have eighteen. Uh, we have a first net built by um, AT and T sponsoring us for this very reason. Right. Exactly. Here. Direct example. Direct yeah. example. Yeah. yeah. Has yeah. Lowell has Lowell been involved with um <laughs> with um first net built by AT and T? Uh, that I'm not 100% sure of. I mean, you know, in police communications, I mean, this stuff's changing every day. Right. Uh, just about a year ago, we just got a text to 911. So right. now people can text in. Wow. You know, just via their text message. Like, hey, just punch in 911. If they're in the city limits, it'll come directly to us. Wow. Um, when it comes to, like, police and fire communications, it's yeah. weird. because a lot of stuff starts out west and then works its way exactly. to okay. this side of the country. Because right. text to 911 was huge out in, like, the West Coast, like California, Oregon, all that stuff, years ago. And like I said, it finally trickled its way up here. And then you'll, you know, pretty soon, um, from what I'm being told is, you'll be able to, like, send a video in to 911. Oh, my God. So what, yeah. maybe what you could do is, when you have a moment, and I'll remind you, when you go back, speak to the communications at the fire and yourself and find out if FirstNet, built by AT&T, has been either off it or if they're yeah. understanding what it, what it is. Yeah. And then we'll have you on again and we'll talk, talk about, about it. Yeah. It's a great communication yep. system. Yep. I do pod father. Yeah. I do have something to talk about. I just wanted to get that. Cause that I love that first net Me too. stuff. Yep. I, it's just amazing yep. that there's a separate communications for you guys. It right. just, it's just amazing. Yeah. So, um, so to, uh, everything we're talking about, it, 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 it you know, you kind of, um, you know, there, there's a lot of stress going on. There's a lot of, um, a lot of uh, trauma, what you, you're going to listen to. And some of the dispatchers that are listening or anybody that's listening, especially cops, um, we, have a, we have a phone number. It's copline.org. That is the, uh, the website. You can go there or you can call 1-800-COPLINE. That's 1-800-267-5463. That's 1-800-267-5463. And that is manned by over 100 police officers, volunteer police officers to help you through anything if it's um, if it's something that you heard on a call, something you've seen on a call, some maybe some places you don't want to go to, some places you shouldn't be, um, you know, you're thinking suicide, whatever it is, there's help out there. And this is the place to get it. Give them a call um, and they'll work you through it yeah. and they'll get you the proper help. That's right. uh, They will direct you yeah. in the right direction. In the 1-800-COP-LINE. So um, back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Skyler, okay. did you have anything? I, I, I see you um no not not right this second it'll come to me <laughs> so during the break i asked podfather and um matthew. and matt uh if uh if mac and if, if you don't mind telling us some funny stories that calls in but matt went and said i have some stories about the uh the cemetery yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> we all know i hear that the podfather is always in the cemetery that's his go-to place his place. meditation place and so we want to hear a story about the podfather and the <laughs> Tell you from another person. <laughs> so I mean, like Mike had said in the beginning uh, of the show, uh, you know, we we met through uh, you know both being elected officials here in the town of Drakeit, and um, you know it's funny when I got into uh, politics, it always said you know one of my biggest things was I'm not here to make friends. You know, I'm here to work for the people and, and do the best job I can. And one of the best things that came out of being an elected official, and you don't hear that from a lot of people, is uh, the friendship I have with Mike. Uh, it, I can't say enough stuff, uh, good stuff about Mike. He's just an amazing guy. And, uh, you know, I'm truly blessed that, that I can call him a friend. And uh, But enough with the sappy stuff. So, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I, was waiting, 
I have <laughs> read it I just gotten elected, you know, super green when it comes to politics and things like that. So I call him up and say, hey, I got some questions for you. He's like, all right, meet me in a cemetery. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, just meet me in a cemetery. I was like, um, okay, what cemetery? So he tells me the cemetery. And, uh, you know, whatever. I go pulling in there, and there he is. Uh, he's got the window down. He's smoking a cigar. And he's like, what are your questions? And I'm like, this is so weird. I'm like, I looked at him. I go, you're not going to do anything to me, are you? And he just starts laughing. He goes, you left on earth. And I didn't know if, like, this is, I, I swear, it was like something out of, like, The Sopranos or, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, just go to the cemetery. Like, whatever. But it was funny because anytime, if I couldn't get a hold of him, just drive to the cemetery. <laughs> he'll be, Mike Miles, he'll be at the cemetery. He just, just pull in and, you know, he just, like I said, he'll be sitting there with his old dog and uh, <laughs> was smoking a cigar. And, you know, you pull up and he just, he's like, what's up? I'm like. Oh. <laughs> He's in meditation form. <laughs> you know, it was absolutely. I'm telling you, the first, the first time he was like, "Just go to the cemetery." And I remember telling my father, "I'm like, uh, Mike wants me." He's just, just go. Take the weapon. Yeah, I'm like, he's like, just go. It's fine. He's like, he's not gonna kill you. I was like, I'm like, what? I'm like, right, whatever. Oh, that's beautiful, Matthew. But I'm telling you, it was, uh, it was the best. But I'm honestly, anytime now. Raya, cemetery. All right, I'll be okay. It's like nothing now. Yeah. I can see him sitting there smoking a cigar at the cemetery. Just yeah. Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'll tell you, I was, you know, my my old, my late 20s, and I'm just like, oh, what? Like, cemetery? Like, what is this? <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm like, it's whatever. But no, it was, I'm telling you, it, it was funny. Like, it was good. Good stuff. That's good. So we want to know some stories. I, we, we know there's bad stories. We know there's stories that don't work out good. We know there's stories that work out great. And and nine times out of ten, that's the way it goes. And the story, you know, it, it, it's you help a lot of people. Yeah. You're the beginning of helping a lot of people. And we thank you for that. And, and the story yeah, I told earlier about the dispatcher, I didn't mean that in any bad ways. No, I just not. did not understand. Oh, right. Absolutely. I don't understand right. that. And then when that woman told her story – two women up there told their story again i had a whole new um kind of a respect for that for the dispatchers and we help a lot of dispatchers now at genesis house but there has to be some funny you know his pants are down or you know his, <laughs> his underwear is on his head he's wearing a jock strap on well that's you know that could have been the right. super bowl fucking <laughs> thing <laughs> how many calls do you get on the super bowl for jock straps on your head but oh, anyways <laughs> But what's, what's some stories? Some of the weirdest things you hear, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't think we have enough time. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you'd be amazed at, uh, well, during the holidays. Oh, you know, yeah. Call in. Um, like, older people will call in because they burnt their turkey. They don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, and they're looking at us or some people that have never cooked before. Right. Their family. They actually called 911. I'm like, how the hell do I cook this turkey? Matt <laughs> <laughs> used to be a chef, too. I was. So, like, chef, if you're lucky enough to get me, hell, I'll walk him through the whole process for free. <laughs> like, I'll tell him what seasonings to put on and everything like that. Yeah, good. You know, That's it, real human service right there. I love <laughs> it. But That's then, you, you know, you'll get those, you know, like weird, strange like somebody significant other will come home and they'll just find them in this just awkward position that they got <laughs> stuck in. <laughs> you're sitting there and you're like, say that again. <laughs> and then in your mind, like you're thinking, you're like, all right, so am I going to send 
the cops, the firefighters, and ambulance. You're like, oh, and I'm sending everybody. <laughs> one of each. Oh, yeah. Like, you're getting the whole gamut. Like, when they're like, listen. Everybody has to see this one. Oh, yeah. They're like, we just need help. You're like, oh, no, no, no. You're going to get some help. <laughs> send everybody. Like, everybody's going. And then, you know what? We're all going to talk about it later on. Yeah. <laughs> like, was this actually what happened? Like, was he stuck in that? Like, oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, some of the. You know, the humorous things, it weighs out like, you know, like the bad stuff that, you know, that yeah. we have. Yeah. yeah, you have to laugh. Because, Silver uh, lining. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lining, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's and good. like, there is really like, um, you know, like you think you've heard everything? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, In my <laughs> 10 years, uh, I, I can hang up the phone sometimes. I'm like, well, that was no. <laughs> and I'm like, that was yeah. I was like, I never thought a human being could do that, but that <laughs> and and it's funny. I'm cracking up so bad because my brother did this for years, so I've heard tons of stories. So I'm just looking at like oh, I can God. totally relate. Yeah, my brothers did this for years. So <laughs> in South Jersey near Philly, so I, I love. I've heard so many stories over the years. You guys do a lot of good service. <laughs> you'll get you know, like the person working next to you, like your partner, and they're like they're looking at you like and they're writing stuff like, did they really say that? Like, so, <laughs> you know, like ask this question. I'm like all right, uh, so I, I like this because there is a human side oh, to so all this, good, yeah. and you guys are just like police officers. You guys are human beings. You know, mm -hmm. you have to kind of laugh when you can because that next call can be a really bad call. Right. You know, oh, and, you know, and and that that I like this humor side of it. I like this understanding that you guys are human beings behind this. It, hey, it's it's wonderful. When I was in graduate school, I was working on the desk, you know, and it was close to the communications room before they built that beautiful facility they have now. And there was a certain dispatcher who I adore, and you adore her too. And um, she was just so sharp and just her humor, just a wonderful girl. Always remembered everyone's birthday. And she was a special police officer in the town and she never even talked about it. Like she was just a real humble girl, but she would come out with some of the best stories and she was writing them down and she would save them. And then after a while, she would like, kind of from memory, you know, come and show you something that would be so, you'd be crying, you'd be almost <laughs> peeing yourself laughing, you know? Because the way she saw it on the perspective, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, good yeah, stuff, yeah, good absolutely, stuff. absolutely. But yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of trauma there too. And, I, and it's good that, you know, we have all these, this is why we do what we do with Matthew. We have all these numbers. We, we do this show. Uh, we do a show on recovery, which is entirely different, Friends of Recovery. But this show is definitely to help people, um, you know, with the stress, anxiety, you know, but it's good to laugh too, yeah. because um, you've been, a, this has been great. I mean, yeah, I laugh. Oh, it absolutely has. And I think like what you guys are doing, uh, that's all, that's good stuff. That's all awesome. Because like you said, I mean, you know, like these guys and girls, you know, in communication with me and then the guys and girls on the street, whether you're a cop, you're a firefighter or you're an EMT, like you go and see and deal with stuff that nobody should have to, like we, like yeah. it just, you couldn't have to do that. So there should be an outlet, some you know, for uh, everybody just to go vent or, or, or something like that. Because well, know, is there something in place for you guys to do that? Like, is can you call somebody when you hear a bad call? Is there um, a, a debriefing, or is there somebody that that can do that? I'm guessing there is, right? Is there something for you guys set up? You know, through the city, there's a uh, it's called the EAP program, the Employee Assistance Program, and uh, you know, people can access that if they have to. Mm -hmm. You know, if they if they do need some help. I mean, other than that, you know, really, that's pretty much it. Okay. Like sometimes if there's something really, really bad that happens, people will get together and, uh, 
you know, just talk about it. If somebody needs, you know, further discussion or something like that, uh, you know, they'll try and get that for them. Debriefings and defusings and, and things like that. And, you know, I've been to bad fires, bad car accidents. Uh, and, you know, you've been, you, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think, sounds, sounds kind of cavalier, but I think a lot of cops and firemen um, just learn to take it. You know, like, I'm not saying it, but it doesn't bother everyone. Yes, that's what I was going to say is that they, they're sometimes too humble. They don't reach out for help. Right. Cause I know my brother is like that and you have to kind of pound them sometimes like Kev talk, <laughs> you know, but it's always good. Even for those people that really don't, I had a cop come in this office, say shot a guy death to, you know, dead. And we talked and he's like, I'm fine. He said, I was trained. He was only been, he'd been only, excuse me. He'd only been on the force three years. He said, I was trained. If someone comes at me with a dangerous weapon, in this case, a knife, a very yeah. sharp knife, um, if he doesn't stop, you have to shoot. And this was all recorded and everything. And honestly, I believed every word he said. He didn't seem the bit, the least bit upset. But doesn't mean that the next person's not going to happen. But no. I really, I'm really glad we have someone like you in there. You are the lead dispatcher, and you know, you, you, just you can tell just by the way he's talking. Yeah. You know, your common sense is there, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you. Are, so good with people you know people so well mm-hmm. but i but the the whole thing i got from you matt um is that you take care of yourself mentally physically yes. the, the whole nine yards that's how i i i you know i can i got from you and i don't even know you i just met you on yeah. here and i can see that that if there is a problem or something goes wrong or whatever you really do take care right. of yourself and that's so important especially to first responders um and I, I admire that in you and um you know that that's great that you're you're worrying about your mental health and your your well-being too well i mean i try to tell like you know all the guys and girls that i train especially like you know like the newer dispatch like that invisible box can only get so full mm. you know and that sometimes if you mm-hmm. have to it's not, you know, maybe there was a stigma like, you know, 20, 30 years ago. But now, like, once that box starts to overflow, and if you need to, like Mike said, there are some people that just can just, they just deal with it. Like, you know, once the ship's over, the ship's over, and nothing carries over, and it's, you know, then you start your next day. Yeah. Um, like, there's there's no more, there's no stigma anymore to uh, if somebody yeah. needs to seek help. Like I said, that little ima- the imaginary box, like, if it gets too full, okay. it's okay. It's not a bad thing anymore. Like it's, it's okay gonna break to, open. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Listen, Matt, um, I don't want anyone to get in touch with you needlessly, but if, <laughs> if anybody watches this podcast and you want to get in touch with Matthew, you can contact me, the podfather at um, 978-746-1717. I'll make sure that Matt Sheehan gets your message and whatever you and him talk about will be between you yeah. and him. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, I don't know. Anyone- also, well, email. Um, you can help. You can send a, an email to help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com, and we'll make sure that uh, we get um, that out to to Matt. Also, um, you know, the, the important part is that we're reaching out to people. That you know, we're reaching out to our own kind. The dispatcher, dispatcher, first responder, first responder. Um, somebody listening on this show may have heard something that you said and want to talk to you about it, your humor part of it, maybe, you know, how you deal with that. You know, you said, I leave it at the door. I like that. I leave it at the threshold. Not a lot of people do that. Even a normal job, not, not a lot of people leave that at the threshold. That is, that is very um, commendable. I, I, I applaud you on that. You know, one of the biggest things, especially in this line of work is whatever's going on in your, in, you know, in your life outside, 
of whatever your center is or whatever, that stays on one side of the door. And again, your eight hours or your 12 hours, that stays on that side of the door. Mm-hmm. You know, so nothing comes intercrossed or interchanged or anything like that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's Matt good. really walks the walk. I'm yeah. telling you, he's a very talented kid. Hey, listen, I'll see you at the cemetery in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, I never, I'm never, telling you, I've never sweat. Like I was just like, what are we like? What like like no? Like why is this happening to me? Like I, I was, I was such, I was on such like a winning high. Like oh, I just got elected, and I'm like, now this guy went to the cemetery. Now get murdered. <laughs> like I literally, when I was pulling up, I was making sure there was. I didn't see two things in his passenger seat: lime and a shovel. Okay. Uh, like if, if Mike would have got out of the car with a cigar and a bag of lime, we're like, nope. <laughs> like I would have backed up so fast. <laughs> hey, we'll, I love it. We'll have breakfast next week and we'll chat. Oh man, so, absolutely. You're the uh, best. So I'm Matt, up. we have this um, alumni that uh, that actually opened up the Greater Bridge Club of Lowell, oh, yeah. and that's uh, so. I just wanted to plug, uh, you know, in case you didn't know about it, we they ha- he has a clubhouse in Lowell. He opened, and that's awesome because not every town is accepting of that. And Lowell was like, Lowell was yeah, very, right. you know, welcoming about it. And he opened up a clubhouse for like people to go to, to have support. So that knows Bob Cox very well. Okay. Okay. Good. Bob was a public official and drank it as oh, well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I like love Lowell and I've never been I'm there. So just glad because... you're doing that, Skyle. I just talked yeah. to Bob this morning, actually. Yeah. 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 Good. I so, love him. Yes. He loves, he loves all you guys too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Podfather, great show, great uh, guest, great uh, show. Matt. Thank you so so much. You're uh, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for. I'm gonna be laughing later thinking yeah. about any cemetery I pass by. I'm gonna laugh. Thank you. Every time you drive past the cemetery, like I get a twinge now. I'm like, nope. <laughs> the visual. Oh, that's beautiful. That's it's good it. stuff. It's I love it. Thank well, you guys for making me laugh show. today. Great show. Yeah, yeah. really yeah. as usual, you know. And uh, any closing words? You I'm good. good. I'm uh, good. Right? I, I, yeah. That was fabulous. I, I really appreciate the laugh. That was great. <laughs> Matt's quick. I'm, I'm going to have him on again. Absolutely. You know, maybe in May, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, anytime you want. We, and we'll talk about um, FirstNet, AT&T and everything. Yeah. So everybody, uh, answering the call, the First Responders podcast sponsored by FirstNet, built by AT&T. And uh, stay, stay safe. safe. Stay safe, everybody. Stay safe. <laughs> that concludes this episode of Answering the Call, the First Responders podcast. Thanks to Genesis House, FirstNet, built with AT&T for supporting those on the path to recovery and keeping this valuable resource free for all our friends in recovery. Follow us on Facebook for past shows and updates and enjoy free access to twice daily support meetings. Brought to you by Genesis House and the Friends in Recovery. If you can't get enough of Mike, the Podfather, Jersey Ed, and Skyler, you can catch them on Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. Available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and GenesisHouse.net.